My name is Polly Creepo and I like men. Hello and welcome to the Terminus Podcast. My name is Trevor. I am drunk. And uh, he is very drunk. And uh, today on the show we have a very special guest with us in the makeshift studio. He is very pretty. He wore his best makeup. He did. He looks very good. Mm. He just looks like a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Um, I agree. So we've got Polly Creepo. Hey, hey. And uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, it's sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy Jinko de Mayo. Mm. Yes. You like that? Yes. You're welcome. I love it. Let's talk about Primer 55. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, when I bleach my tips, it's because I'm really pissed at my parents. So it's, it's for real. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I like to rebel against my parents with a chain and wallet. Nice. Um, also I, a pair of Skechers. I repeat the mantra, shut up mom, get out of my room. Daily. <laughs> shut up mom, get shut out of mom. my room. <laughs> That's my ringtone. I guess I'm not, not that well initiated. I mean, I, I typically just throw on the, the nice flame head uh, Jinkos of 1998. <laughs> I like to... Those jeans were literally like $150, dude. Oh, there we go. I had one pair and they almost took my life. Oh, the, uh, please tell us that story. I'm pretty drunk as well uh, for its Jinko de Mayo. Yes. And it was good to uh, reminisce on the one pair of Jinkos I owned in that one time I went to the ocean. What was funny is it was uh, Monterey Bay in San Jose, California, where my wife Nina is from. The only time I went to the ocean. And I wrote this down. My first and only pair of Jinkos, also known as Jean Coats. <laughs> literally tried to kill me that one and only time i swam in the ocean when i was underwater <laughs> submerged in ocean draped in denim staring death in the face and fading off into the great silent slumber i had to unbutton my jinkos and discard them into the vast ocean like a hermit crab and like a hermit crab without a, its shell only in my 13 year old structure and my whitey tidies did i emerge frigid and shaken 
pair of Jinkos I had lost in the ocean was enough to craft at least four pairs of skinny jeans, yet I had none. With my two Hispanic cousins, of whom I had just met hours prior, sat in the back of my grandma's truck in our whitey tidies, shaken, frigid. For I had lost, yet I had gained. Thank you. <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true story. Jesus. So, like, I ha- I'm in California, and I go to the ocean for the first and only time ever, and I happen to be wearing my only pair of Jinkos, and my mom's like, uh, yeah, go enjoy the ocean. So I just, you know, go in a little bit. Yeah, and then you just you just get sucked in, and the riptide and it drug me down to where it quite literally was like it, I would have left a beautiful corpse <laughs> that was forever stuck in like 1996. I I only have one question. Do you, do you remember the T-shirt you were wearing? And if so, why was it corn? <laughs> no, it was probably 55. Oh, <laughs> true story. It was a Hawaiian shirt. I had a Hawaiian shirt on buttoned. An orange Nike hat and big ass Jinkos. Fuck me, right? Please I tell me you had one of those <laughs> giant please ball tell me necklaces. The giant ball necklace. Oh You're man! You're welcome. The joke wrote itself. Oh, oh my god! My, my, my chain wallet got stuck on like a. <laughs> you a were sea literally face. like teen angst. I was like circa 1996. I mean, I I, I couldn't swim in rollerblades. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Fuck. That's very good. So That's a true story. <laughs> Ocean was angry. You offered it Jinko. The, o- the, the ocean wanted me, and I. You, you gave it. Uh, apparently, it's a sacrifice. All great things begin with a sacrifice. I was told the ocean takes something every time you visit it, like whether it's like earrings or something. It took my fucking Jinkos and almost took my life. I had to discard my Jinkos to live. Question: Do, do you remember I what? Just kept going. Do you remember what kind of Jinkos they were? They were the ones with the pocket. That you had to put your entire arm into. So, we're, so, <laughs> so was imagine it, that full of sand. Was it the one that had the kangaroo with the boxing gloves? No, it was like a guy in a like falling asleep in a recliner with like his hat down in the remote. That sounds that sounds about very that sounds yeah. very Jinko. Yeah, yeah. it was Jinko as fuck. Oh man, that well, sounds so Jinko as put, fuck, dude. Yeah. I want to know about people who have had near death experiences because of Jinkos as well. I'm sure there's like a multitude of stories where like it's actually shaking people. Like, oh no, I got stuck in a revolving door. Like so I, I actually have a little bit of a story, not 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 a life or death situation, but I had a pair of Jinkos. They were Flamehead. Nice. Um, classic. Yeah, they are the classic. They they, they really are nice. just the nice. Yeah, <laughs> the, it, 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 they were beautiful, and I, of course I was a rollerblader at the time, you know. So like I, I was I was I was I was actually skating downhill. And the backs of my my Jinkos got caught underneath one of the wheels. Yeah, no, this is this is pre Healy. Like, come on, man, I'm 32 years old. You know, like, me give too. me some credit. Me Shit. too. <laughs> so, I'm also 32. So, so, so the the backs of the one one of the backs of the the legs got caught in the um, stokes of the wheel, and oh I just God. slid down the rest of that heel uh, hill. So I was all scraped up. I still have a couple of scars, like on my knee and my elbow and shit from this shit. Um, so Jinko, Jinko scarred me physically. Yeah. Well, you have your original face, so it, yeah. all things considered, it I protected it. fucking horrible. Yeah, no, it, it, it would have been awful. Because as you're roll. telling the story, I'm imagining you face planning and just doing that number. I would like roll. to add also that I was wearing a Limp Biscuit t-shirt that said, Limp Biscuit loves your mom. So you should have, what happened? I really should have lost my face and everything oh, along yeah. with it, man. Like, I mean, there is no reason for me to be alive considering the circumstances. I had a, I had a Limp Bizkit poster. Um, it, it was for the second album. I can't remember what it was. The one that had Nookie on it. 
Significant other. Sig- insignificant oh, other. Come on. That's man. what it was. Insignificant other. Bite me. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's yeah, get it. it I mean, I'll it was... split your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty lit, fam. Um, you oh, know, God. like it, it really, it really spoke to me whenever I was mad at my mom, and uh, you know, I just want to listen to break stuff on repeat. You know, most kids like that Trevor. Uh, Trevor. Like Trevor's the straight edge fuck over I'll here and like i'm roll. sorry you're you're dealing with a room full of drunk people we'll 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 listen to some minor threat later i'm, I'm just trying to make a good podcast here i like but y'all y'all do your thing because that's i don't want to hear it conversation tie your fucking boots <laughs> oh my god do you have a good jinko story i never wore jinkos because i'm a fucking you were out lame in california what right the fuck listen i saw jinkos I saw them in the wild. I just never wore them. I was a Dickies person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is your your show was like Good Charlotte. Uh, yeah. And Good. Stained. Blink One Eighty Two. Good oh, Charlotte. No, Stained is back in the Jinko territory. And they also decked out much shovel like, dog. Yeah, I know. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Deftones too, man. Fuck. Deftones Dude, and Stained do not belong in the same category, I man. Like, and yet he's putting it Dickies. in one. Cargo yep. short guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big cargo shorts down to here. Yeah. No, it's all yeah. relevant. With a pair of Pumas. Of course. Some white tube Jesus. socks pulled up to Yaga. the knee. Fuck. Massimo. No I wore those. No too. Work bad boys. Shirt. Work Ooh, shirt bad boys. No <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I work somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> this I'm is off gonna, the clock. I'm a part this, of a crew. <laughs> this is gonna be the weirdest goddamn episode I think we've ever released. No, that's no, that can't be true. That, that, that literally cannot be true. <laughs> Utterly fucking unlistenable. So, Polly, uh, you are, you're here for the documentary, um, Devil in God's Country, The Ballad of Polly Creepo. Um, what, what is this project about? What are, what are you, what is your goal here? What is, what is the filmmaker's goal here? Um, well, the filmmaker's right there if he wants to answer any questions by all means. That's true. I mean, yeah. If you want yeah, because he came to me. I'm Zach Dogamaw. I am the director cameraman editor everything for the movie and um the movie the idea behind the movie is if you tell polly's life story and his point of view and you say something interesting about oklahoma about living here and uh what it's like in this moment in time i think everyone's interesting so if you tell their story well it'll have some resonance with everyone else you know, right? Just but uh, but you have to be, um, really honest. You know, which he is gracious enough to really let me get in there and then show everything warts and all. And uh, I think it'll be really cool once it's all said and done. Yeah, Zach and I have been friends since the fifth grade, and uh, he's actually the first person that ever smoked me on a marijuana. So he completely uh, tainted me <clears throat> into a jazz musician. So whose <laughs> whose idea was this project? It was him. Uh, he it approached was me. Yeah. So what, what what brought you to the idea that like Polly Creepo would be the the perfect candidate to make a movie about? I was watching him play at the Blue Note in Oklahoma City, and uh, I hadn't seen it. He'd been lived in Dallas for like a couple years, and I went there and I was just in the audience just to see him play, and uh, he just starts saying these really offensive things and screaming in the microphone and uh pissing people off and <laughs> and people were on board too and he's pretty funny on stage yeah and i just thought if i filmed this you know it'd be great 
All right, so we're going to take a break and get a little more focused. Um, but um, yes, we will return. Fuck. Hipsters killed Satan today with their fashion and ubiquitous filth. All of nothings from their mouths with nothing else to say. Like razor blades across your eyes, daisies to butterflies. A false existence, a shit reality. But just kill them all day. Since you're drunk, I'll take over. We're going to kind of jump into some other things here, Polly. Um, one thing that we wanted to ask you about was the sort of new project that you've got going on. Um, you called it uh, Everyone Gets Cancer. You want to talk about that? Yeah, Everyone Gets Cancer is just pretty much me curing boredom and doing something different than I've been doing for a while. 
Uh, it was cool to create my own genre of music, which is voodoo gospel, to where quite literally I can do whatever the fuck I want and technically not sell out. And um, kind of just put my own spin on just doing whatever you want to do as an artist. And uh, no limitations. And I've done that for a while and came out with uh, my fourth album, Exsanguination, uh, a week ago. And uh, I, I don't try something different. And uh, that was, I feel with a lot of the things that are happening with the world right now, with uh, the polls fl about to flip, being passed due with that, and also solar flares and, and possible annihilation of the grid and, and things of such nature, and Fukushima, uh, radiation in the water, and, and then the fucking the anomaly in the middle of the ocean, and the, the trash island in the middle of the ocean. It just goes on and on and on. The ocean is dead, and the Great Barrier Reef is dead, and it's acidic. And it just all boils down to fuck. Everyone gets cancer. Might as well coin it before it becomes, you know, the the phrase prophecy. of everybody. Yeah, prophecy fulfillment. I guess I don't know. It seems cheeky, but also it's terrible and true and and sad. And the greatest and worst thing we have ever done is split the atom. And it's all, all big. It's relevance and. North Korea denuclearizing right after they finally got all their tests in order and it just mm. there's a lot going on to where I don't know it's me being cheeky and facetious and uh, making light of a big deal that also really fucking bothers me so the the way that you kind of explained it <clears throat> to me was kind of like this really weird nasty um, like I, I kind of explained kind of described it myself the way that you explained it is kind of a throbbing gristle meets pig destroyer like is this more is this more like metal is it more industrial is it more noise is i guess it... all of those um pretty much just whatever i want to do uh, it was fun to create like a, a heavier version of alternative country and but you're still limiting yourself and i i need more brutality i pretty much just need to be able to do heavier stuff so I want to, like with the new Public Repo album, Exanguination, there's a track on it called Pew Filler, Serotonin Dry in the Altered States of Americans. And uh, it's a black metal song. And it's the only black metal song I have. And it's a joke. Like the electronic drums are silly. It's yeah. laughable. The lyrics are laughable. I put it on distros as Christian music to where <laughs> it's getting entangled in algorithms. And... It's funny, and uh, it can't be taken serious, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are like, the guitar tone sucks, the drums sound like shit. Yeah, because it's fucking garage band electronic drums, you asshole. Yeah. It's not meant to be taken serious, but like at the same time, it was really fun to get back to my roots and like write some black metal shit and use a distorted, tuned-down guitar, some fat strings, and, and do some gross vocals, and it was pretty fun. So how uh, so uh, since you brought that up, how much of an influence, uh, 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 how much of that black metal influence are you actually bringing to everyone gets cancer? Uh, well, I'm it's ingrained in my DNA to where even the acoustic stuff I do has a lot of black metal in it. When it comes to like just everything's in minor, um, there's no resolve. Uh, I I want to be able to utilize all of the black metal that I have inside me to do it because I just genuinely genuinely love the genre and the intensity and the brutality. But at the same time, I don't want to just put myself in the box of being <clears throat> a black metal artist where it's you have to do all of this in order to be considered this and you can't do this or you'll technically sell out or be a poser or whatever you want to do to where I kind of just, when it comes to music and art, do whatever the fuck I want and 
it's not for anybody and if anybody has anything negative to say I really don't care right. so blog about it or pray about it because you're powerless right. so I just do want to do whatever the fuck I want before everybody gets cancer right you know right. and we uh, I'm gonna die and it could be at any moment might as well just get all the thoughts out record it as I can because I'm not gonna cure cancer <laughs> and I'm not going to college with 32 years old might as well do something if anything so I, I kind of I, I kind of have Kind of a, a side question, I guess, completely unrelated to everything else. But um, recently, I saw a little. What the fuck was that? My hat. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so recently, um, it was Nina who actually introduced us to the world, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a thread. It, it seemed to be a, a right wing thread um, that that that. That displayed your sticker and took it as a threat. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was on ar15.net or dot .com. What are those? Was it .gov, .org, no, .org, .org .edu? Before we go uh, into exactly what that... what Can you explain to me what that sticker was? Um, that what? sticker was uh, just some art that represented the left-hand path mm-hmm. and that... In, inverted uh, pentagram on it on a left hand that right. had some candles and just pretty much represented like typical black metal imagery sacrificial things just evil murky imagery and uh, had my name on it uh, that I don't know who it was or what if it was in Oklahoma or if it was somewhere else apparently somebody got one of those stickers and uh, put it at a courthouse I think it I think it was a capital. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, it, I think it was a capital. And somebody took a picture of it and asked what it was and if they should be concerned. And they added it to a form called ar15.com. Mm-hmm. And just the most beautiful, ignorant, redneck assholes rebuttaled. And it was definitely just ignorant. What was beautiful was the fact that it, it, it literally takes a simple Google search mm-hmm. of... Polycrepo <laughs> to figure out what the fuck Polycrepo actually is. One person said straight up, it's the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> it's very a, good. Not a doubt. It was like he put a period on the end of the statement. Like, <laughs> <done>. <laughs> Fucking thought, nailed it. I thought Internet that shit detected. Obviously, your 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 lyrics they're they're, they're like razor blades in cer- certain regards. Like uh, uh, all I want for Christmas is more dead cops. Um, is a really big one. Like I think that that one right there is probably the one that's going to piss off the most people. Obviously, you don't write these these songs by accident. So, how did it actually feel to know that you got kind of this weird, um, kind of a, a threatened response um, from this group of people? Obviously, that you 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 actually take a very hard stance against anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did that actually feel? How did what what went through your mind whenever that that ended up? happening well originally um it was around christmas time in 2017 and i was playing gta 5 and just stacking up the dead cops and just started i had a um a guitar riff that is the, the guitar riff to that song and the lyrics originally were great green globs of greasy grimy gopher guts and I ended up changing the lyrics to All I Want for Christmas is More Dead Cops. And while I was playing GTA Five, and it become, became one of those jokes where it was like, hmm, put it to the riff. I'm like, that's perfect. So I just elaborated on it. And um, 
people fucking love it a lot. Like people like want to hear that song. I wouldn't say the most, but people definitely get excited about that to where it's come to the point now where I'll just play the guitar riff and the audience will sing it. Right. And um, I played it down in Norman only because uh, a fan of mine ended up requesting it. And the response was pretty intense. We got it on camera, which you can probably insert it right there if you wanted to. But um, yeah, they straight up like took the mic away from me and, and bent the mic stand and put the mic into the, the speaker wedge. The sound dude just allowed it and just turned down the volume. And then they, I was the opening gig and they paid me right off the bat. Like you're getting paid when you're the opener. Yeah. There's two more bands and they're already paying you. Yeah. And saying we can't do business with you anymore. So they're kicking me out and the people were cussing at me and screaming about being related to cops to where I was in the belly of the beast. And uh, it was fucking awesome. Right. People were talking about violence until I pulled my knife out and showed it to the camera. And then you heard people go, oh. And then all of a sudden, people stopped talking shit until we were walking out of the building and people were telling somebody to go get him. Now, 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 go get him, get him. You didn't get him. And that was pretty funny. So you talk a lot of shit, Norman. Tolerant, Norman. Oh, Phil, you didn't get him. Right? So yeah, the the guy who actually, um, Marcus, the guy who ended up requesting the song, whenever they pull it away, he said on the camera, it's only freedom of speech until you say something they don't like. Right. It's pretty much clear cut case. So I'm banned from the Red Brick Bar in Norman. Oh, fuck. And it's, it's great, you know. Uh, yeah. A lot of my heroes are banned from places. Right. So fuck it. Uh, somebody once said, a wise man once said, if yeah, you're not making enemies, you're doing something wrong. Right. So I look at it as good. I'm headed in the right direction. Just keep doing that forever. You, you definitely have a few enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. But I like to think that you have far more friends. Um, and... and what enemies you don't have yet just haven't heard you. Yeah, so. well, the police definitely know my name. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. All I want for Christmas is more dead cops. This is going to be a, a new Christmas classic. Working on it. Anti, an anti-Christ mask song. There we go. I love it. That, just, that, Chris, that, uh, that, that, that Christmas special, that's sure. just going to be the, the next uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, so. Oh, it's going to be so good. And uh, I'll actually put a clip of that Christmas special... Here.
Christmas. All right, well, hell, baby. We're about to get as real as Bo Motto is. All right, so uh, it's that time of year once again. Fucking anti-Christ mask, baby. All right. Merry Christmas. War on Christmas. This your motherfucker, Paula Pico, 2017. Everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. Let me go ahead and read from the word of the Lord. What, what, what is this? What is it? Revelations 22, 14, 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idealators and everyone who loves and Practicing lying. I, Jesus, have seen my angel to testify to you in those things. I am the root and the descendant of David. He was God's favorite angel, Lucifer, the bearer of light. The most beautiful minister of music. Bride say, quote, All over my fucking chest, mama. Consume, consume, And let one who hears say, quote, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who blood in my eyes. Fuck. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which all written in this book. Well, brothers and sisters, he who testifies to these things say, quote, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. 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 Slatherbird on, baby. Come, quick, Lord, for me, in me. Make me shiver. I'll shiver with you, in me, as you shiver too. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Fill me up with that hot, viscous love. That radioactive love rains down from on high, blessing me with leukemia, Lord, so I can come be by your side and walk those golden streets of material possession for in an afterlife. Material things truly matter, Lord. Praise his holy name. Kind of going back to the documentary, uh, we saw the first six minutes, and it was uh, it was pretty fantastic. Talks about your uh, your friendship with Pope. Talks about your 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 being born and raised in lovely Yukon, Oklahoma, fucking Homa. Where does the documentary go from there? What What is the planned sort of path? Well, the idea originally was to start it with me and my origin of making music, and then it branching off into 
things that I do, shows that I play, people that I meet, and it kind of just branches off into you get to meet other like-minded people in the state that are obviously trying to do something in a stagnant void that is the Bible Belt, and it's a downhill climb. And so it's not just about me, it's about the state, and it's about what the state does to people and what it <clears throat> can could be when it comes to artistic surroundings and so far it's really difficult to do anything creative in this state is just doesn't accommodate very easily but with that comes great things you know great suffering builds great strength you know you add pressure to coal you make a diamond and all that and uh, I think Oklahoma is one of the last states in the f alleged free world that hasn't been completely just bled dry and exploited of its roots and it's seen because we really don't have anything here but uh it's due everybody's moving here because it's the cheapest in the nation so hopefully something will happen and if something happens i'm gonna at least have my foot in it just because there's nothing to do i'm not gonna find jesus i'm not gonna start smoking meth and i don't give a fuck about sports so i might as well just sing songs about the type of uh things i fantasize about Instead of actually doing it. If it wasn't for music, I would have been in a church tower with a sniper rifle a long time ago. Right. But uh, I can just put my hatred into my guitar and filter it through the box. And uh, it, it's cathartic. It's therapeutic. I, I don't want to write songs. I have to. It's, it's fun to be able to feel that oh, I, I accomplished something. I'm proud of that. Instead of... Uh, Oh, here's a. I have ideas that I need to do, and I'm never getting around to doing them. It's it's fun to finish something, but then also it's fun to finish something that you are proud of. And also an exorcism in the movie. Yes, I get an exorcism, and lo and behold, nothing happens. See, I, I actually wanted to touch upon that actually. Um, so I I know that you grew up in a in kind of a a weirdly religious family. Yeah. Um, you know, like can you kind of, kind of go into the background of that? Like exactly. What kind of church were you raised into? Because you got your Protestant, you got your Baptist, and all that, and like each one has its different level layers of crazy. Yeah. Um, so exactly, what layer were you in? Technically, it was it would be neo Pentecostal, where the women didn't have hair down to their ankles and they weren't wearing like denim dresses and shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you couldn't dance, and there was speaking in tongues, also known as glossolalia. Um, my grandpa owned the church and the church owned the house that they owned and um, my dad was raised in that forever they were traveling evangelists traveled all over America and um, so yeah snake handlers that kind of crazy good yeah. so um, <laughs> as I as, as I remember well, I guess my, my first question is, like, you know, like, you, you're raised into this. Um, do, do you remember exactly at what point in, in your life you, you kind of realized that this is kind of, this is, this is fucking crazy? <laughs> as far back as I can recall. So, yeah. so from day one, like, yeah. this isn't something you ever bought into. This Negative. Is... I tried because I was not just coasted or influenced to to try to truly find God personally and feel the spirit. And I had went through all the motions, was baptized and just felt nothing. Sorry. You know, I tried, uh, but it, it really fucked me up as a child to see all these people that I knew 
very personally, like my mom, my aunt, stuff like that, speaking in dead archaic languages and rolling their R's perfectly whenever they say things like Missouri and wrestling, and they're like speaking archaic languages that they don't know. And it just seemed very odd. It seemed like it was the opposite of uh, what they said it was. I didn't believe it to be righteous and humble. I, it sort of sounded like that they were possessed by an entity that was sad or in pain. It was almost like they were the voice of a tormented person was speaking through these people, and it just seemed very uncomfortable. So, whenever you attribute, whenever you think of Christianity, instead of like the this 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 love and peace and all that good stuff that they they try to kind of push upon you and sell you on. What you're actually getting more of is is loneliness and and the feeling of being lost. Well, hearing what everybody in the family and the church was preaching and seeing how they treated each other and themselves, uh, it was night and fucking day to where I couldn't help but pay attention to those details. Right. You know, just because you say that this is righteous and humble and we should practice it doesn't mean that those people are doing that. So I, I found the hypocrisy very early, and it was bitter, and I wanted to ask questions and they didn't give me the answers I felt were appropriate. Just ask God when you get there type shit. Oh, just cause or he always was, or I don't know. You just have to ask God when you get there. I'm like, just lay back and take it. Go fuck yourself. I need answers. So I wrote, read all the books they told me not to read and I realized, Oh, that's all bullshit. That's a business. They're selling air. They're selling ideas to weak, sad people who need the whoopee. I remember a, a really great quote that said, "Knowledge was Christianity's greatest enemy," mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think you're you're kind of a, a living um, example of exactly how true that is. Because w- with you, um, like you said, you you actually expanded your learning. You you went out and it, you 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 looked into these things that they told you to not question. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever you actually started researching these things and reading upon them, you actually found the answers that they weren't providing. Absolutely. And so that that's kind of what turned you away from everything. Uh, I, I, well, maybe not turned you away from it, but actually gave you the justification at that point. Well, it <clears throat> kind of proved the, the notion that I had that uh, it was pretty much bullshit. Right. And uh, it was a business. Like I say in the documentary, there's a whole bunch of churches and they're all different uh denominations and they're all selling the same thing slightly different but saying that everybody else is wrong and they're right it's just fried chicken restaurants yeah it's the same thing right, right to where it's a farce and i don't believe all any of it if your god's so omnipotent why do they have to rewrite the bible so many goddamn times right so when you know coming from the 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 familial uh, familial background that you came from um how did your your family take it whenever you made it very obvious you're moving away from this path and you're going down the path that you're going that you're on right now exile you were exiled pretty much yeah i'm not invited to family get-togethers i don't talk to my family they don't talk to me In any of them no uh talk to my mom my sister every once in a while my dad every once in a while yeah and that's about it but like grandparents aunts and uncles no there's a big group of people that i separate myself from right is that is that by choice or is that by kind of their own force? I think or? it's both. I chose to uh, to separate myself from the indoctrination and the bullshit, and uh, they kind of just learned to accept me. They pray for me and stuff like that, and I tell them not to. And speaking of the the praying for you in the documentary, 
um, if and correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually visited their church in the in the documentary, did you not? No, I didn't. We were wanting to, but we haven't made that happen. It was in, in Texas, but the church that we went to was uh, in Oklahoma City. I, I I'm really genuinely curious about this, by the way. Um, so first of all, um, we we already brought up the the um, the exorcism that you took part in. What denomination? Uh, uh, of, of a church did you actually visit for that I'm not sure it's like it, like it had a lot of Spanish on the marquee but it was a white guy who did it it's like a Spanish church but I think he rents it out for to do this this guy Everett Cox is his church it's a legit church specifically rules. for exorcisms it's called Deliverance Ministries so what was the process of like did you just basically say hey I want an exorcism well, or, my mom ended up having an exorcism there, and apparently she manifested a lot of shit that freaked my sister out, and my mom had no memory of it. Mm-hmm. And then my mom has been manifesting a lot of things, uh, and it's very odd to where she went through so many deliverances that she ended up wanting to become an ordained exorcist. So she's got certificates framed on the wall, so she actually does it. And uh, that's one reason why I went is because uh, she kept trying to get me in the chair for years. And then I finally said, well, I got a documentary filmmaker. Let's go ahead and fucking do it. Right. And so she hooked it up. Well, I'm Polly Creepo and I sing for Polly Creepo and Gross Dads, Rabid Believers that I'm in with uh, my wife, Nina. And uh, everyone gets cancer. Jeremy, that was quite an eventful evening. Polly just cre- uh, Polly Creepo just puked in my front yard. I thought you were going to say Polly just creepoed in my front yard. Polly just creepoed in my front yard. There we go. Yeah, Polly had Polly was sick to his tummy, so he uh, he had to go home. Yeah. No, but uh, that was fun. Yeah, and uh, I'm really excited about next week too. Yes, like, it's gonna be good. Um, it's gonna be really. I hope good. I didn't look too fat on film. Well, I can assure you, Jeremy, being actually fat, you didn't look too fat because I was the one who looked fat. So this is this is like this is this is like the the please ugly please kid, please just say it. The ugly kid hanging out with the the, the ugly worst kid. kid. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the um. This is this like slightly nerdy, socially kind of unacceptable kid, but who's like he does have like some friends, but then he gets next to an incel. <laughs> so basically, and it's that's like how the, we bring it back to last week. It's the alt right kid hanging out with the incel. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, but we're not any of those things. Um, don't tell. I've don't tell player before. FM um, that. Yeah, it's true. I've had sex a couple of times. Yeah, just once or twice. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, I like it. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, uh, this has been the Terminus Podcast. We will be back next week with the part two of the Polycrepo 
interview spectacular that's the name of the podcast now mm-hmm. uh it's not the terminus podcast anymore it's just the polycrepo internet interview spectacular yeah we're gonna turn him into our alex jones so uh, basically i'm really <laughs> excited because he's gonna be our <laughs> ticket to stardom yes we're yeah. gonna ride, ride his, his coattails to, to just the pinnacle of success High five for connections. Hell yeah. No, just high five for like brain and synergy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to go to Sundance. We're going to win us some awards. And you know uh, what? Like, I was actually thinking um, there's a a video festival here every year. uh, Yeah. Dead Center. Yeah. I was thinking, like, oh man, what what if this gets in Dead Center? Oh, can we go? Can we be in the crowd at Dead Center? Like, oh, hey, we made the film with uh, Zach, who definitely did a lot more than us. We appeared in one scene. We we were Um, there for like two minutes yeah if that fuck yeah maybe not that being said i mean we're at 57 minutes of raw recording time at this point like we're doing okay yeah um usually episodes run like fucking two and a half three hours long and we didn't want to do that so uh part two will be next week um same bat time same bat channel mm-hmm. i guess i don't know is that a thing that's not a thing not anymore not it hasn't He's been a dead thing. yeah out which one um adam west yeah adam west died you didn't know this when the fuck did this happen last year dude jesus christ wow i listen wow i'm i'm heartbroken oh my god hold on wait a minute is this is this like is this a similar kind of surprise to me finding out that fucking fart cake whatever is a thing i i'm just this this man is nerd king I'm not a nerd. He dies. I'm not a nerd. You are. I'm a different nerd. You no. There are di- there are nerd subgenres. You are literally. I'm a shitty nerd. Obviously, because Adam West died. I was very sad. Obviously, you don't pay attention to me because I went on about this for like three days. Yeah, I don't pay attention to you. God damn it! I'm I'm just being honest. I don't think about you until fucking like 6 p.m. on Saturday going, hey, are we recording tonight? I forgot we do a podcast. (laughs) That's not true. I love you. And I'm sorry that you're very sad. Trevor, you could go fuck yourself. I'm going to go fuck myself. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Like a black thorn.
Wash it away, wash it all away, wash it away.